All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of Radio Dakar. I'm your host, Doug Brooks, and I am traveling again as I record this. Uh, I was trying to think of a name for these episodes where the sound quality is going to be sacrificed a little bit for the convenience. Um, I think I'll call them hyperspace episodes or hyperspace transmissions or something like that. Um, but I've got a little while to talk, so I thought I would just do an off-the-cuff uh, review of Star Wars Celebration Chicago as a whole, um, and also kind of look at the state of Star Wars as it is now, uh, with developments and news we've had since Celebration, uh, just kind of where we're at as we get ready to uh, go into the rest of 2019 and into the future with uh, Star Wars material. Um, again, I've had uh, wrap-ups of specific panels at Star Wars Celebration. I did one for Star Wars Resistance, of course. I did the uh, kind of Episode Nine uh, wrap-up when I talked about the trailer for The Rise of Skywalker and also did... Mandalorian slash uh, Disney Plus news that was released. So I'll try to go through and just talk about other things uh, that we found out at Celebration, other panels. Uh, I'm not going to get very specific. Uh, it's far enough away in the past. I think everybody's had a chance to read up on it, but I'll just kind of summarize what was important and things that I may talk about on the show later. And I'm going to kind of meld it with uh, news we've had since then and then kind of just offer my thoughts about where we're going with everything. Uh, they did have the uh, episode one, the Phantom Menace 20th anniversary panel. Um, I have not had a chance to watch that, but it was great seeing Ahmed Best there and other people who contributed to episode one. And we just had, I'm recording this a couple of days past the actual 20th anniversary. And the Phantom Menace was a very special movie for me, and it's obvious that it's special to a lot of people, especially a younger generation than mine. Because for a lot of people, it was their first time seeing Star Wars in the theater. And uh, it was great that they got a chance to reminisce about that and uh, talk about what a... It it was a monumental achievement to do that movie. That was... George's first chance to really play with what CGI could do to enhance the movie. I think that's one of the big misnomers about that movie is that everybody thinks it was oh just everything CGI, um, but they I mean they did a lot of practical effects for that movie, uh, model work and you know practical explosions and stuff like that. I, I highly suggest you watch the documentary about the making of episode one. I think it was called the beginning. It's on the DVD and Blu-ray. I'm pretty sure. I know you can see it on YouTube because sometimes I'll go just go watch little bits of it on there. Um, but it, it's worth a look. And then, you know, it talks about the casting and everything besides the, um, the production of the movie. Um, so it, it was nice that they, I got a chance to do that panel and bring some people back to talk about it. 
they also had the Rebels Remembered panel, uh, which I have done my contribution to Rebels Remembered when I talked about uh, how important the series finale was to me. A lot of great memories on that panel as well. Uh, they did not, and then they said, told us in advance they weren't going to tease like another movie or, or another season of the series or anything like that, like an ensuing series. Um, they didn't say anything about Search for Ezra movie. Um, it was just a chance to reminisce. Another nice panel about that. Uh, you know, I still think, even though we don't know anything about it precisely, I still think we will get a Sabine and Ahsoka journey story to find Ezra and Thrawn and wherever they went. I don't know. I, th- I get the thinking it's going to be maybe a limited edition series on Disney Plus at some point, maybe once they've done Clone Wars, and I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, there's also the chance, I mean, they could do it as an animated movie. The, it, you know, it'd be kind of a tight storytelling, but they, they could do it that way, so we'll see. Um, and again, they did do a Clone Wars panel uh, to talk about the new season, the final season, to wrap everything up. They did show an amazing trailer, uh, did some uh, scene teases, uh, even though some of them are still in production. Uh, it's just great to have Ashley Eckstein back as Ahsoka, and even though she's at this point gone from the Jedi Order, she will um, play a major part in this. I mean, we're getting the Siege of Mandalore and other uh, looks like Bad Batch is another arc that we're going to get in this season. Ones that they've talked about in previous celebrations and on StarWars.com, you know, when they've uh, released production art and all that. So there are there are some stories to tell. And we're getting Clone Wars. Uh, it should be just amazing. Uh, I was so impressed by it. I'm, uh, Little Han and I have started to rewatch. It's not currently on Netflix as they're going to transition the series over to Disney+. Plus. Uh, we started watching that there. Uh, we made it into season two going consecutively. And he's seen the Clone Wars movie. But I think we're just going to start again from the beginning. And I've got all the Blu-rays except for the Lost Missions. So I need to get that. But we're, we're really going to try to blitz through those this summer and get... And get and I told him, hey, there's another season coming. So we're going to try to get through that um, and get ready for um, the last few episodes. I, there were other other outstanding panels. Uh, the uh, Representation Matters panel uh, was also done. Um, I'm a big believer in uh, the hashtag uh, SW Rep Matters. Uh, every month when they select a different uh, focus. Uh, you know, I, I try to participate in that because I love seeing the diversity and the variety in Star Wars. I mean, it's a, it's a big galaxy. There, there should be a lot of different types of people. You know, gender identification, uh, color, abilities, disabilities. You know, there's something for everybody there, and I'm, I'm glad um, some of my Twitter friends got to do that panel. And, um, you know, I've talked about it on 
my resistance reviews because that, that is such a diverse cast, such a diverse group of characters. Uh, I just want to see that continue. I'll, get, I'll talk more about that before this episode's over. Um, I, I'm trying to think. I, that, that's some general... I'm trying to read notes in the car, which is a good idea, but I think that's... Other than the panels I've already covered in depth, I think that was the broad stroke ones. Um, if I missed anything, I'll, I can always talk about it at some point. Um, I am going to get, uh, you know, toy news. We got to see some reveals of upcoming uh, Black Series figures that looked awesome. And, you know, of course, we didn't get to see anything that's going to come out on whatever they're calling it, Triple Force Friday or whatever in the fall. Um, that's been the Rise of Skywalker, Mandalorian, and Jedi Fallen Order. Um, figure, uh, figures and toys are all going to come out at the same time. Um, you know, we didn't get to see that. They did not reveal any new resistance uh, figures because I mean, we need that wave too with Niku and Tam. Uh, little Han needs that. Uh, you know, not a lot of new Lego news. Um, so hopefully that'll be. Uh, it, I don't know if D23 will be a place for that or maybe. Uh, San Diego, San Diego Comic Con is always good for toy news. Uh, New York uh, Comic Con, so hopefully, hopefully that news will be coming as far as toys goes. Got to have that. And uh, Jedi Fallen Order is actually something I forgot to mention. That's the other big thing. Uh, the new uh, video game that will be on all the major platforms. It, I mean, it looks great. And you know, we had the big news that the Jedi in this story, and his name escapes me. I should have written it down. Um, he's going to be played by Cameron Monahan, Cameron Monahan, who I think is an outstanding actor. I'm so glad he's in Star Wars now. I uh, saw him on Shameless to begin with, but also on Gotham. He played who the character who became the Joker, uh, without being named as such. So just yeah, really awesome to see him. Also, uh, Deborah Wilson from Mad TV uh, is going to be. Um, kind of his mentor in the game. Uh, they did not reveal the identity of the second sister. I hope I have that number right because I forgot to write. I've been doing the uh, Fallen Order stuff off the top of my head because I totally forgot about that panel, and but I did want to talk about it. Um, but one of the Inquisitor sisters is the, the, main, the big bad of the game, and also there's like purge troopers, like stormtroopers who are designed to hunt down um, the Jedi. For those of you who don't know her, haven't seen the information, um, the Fallen Order is post Order 66. It's about a um, young Jedi Padawan who escaped the Purge and is trying to make it on his own while being hunted um, along with other Jedi that will appear in the game. It is um, story-based. It's like the story mode of Battlefront 2. Uh, there is not online multiplayer for this, uh, not, no microtransactions, stuff like that. It's just a very, uh, you know, traditional uh, story mode game, which I'm very much looking forward to. Um, uh, we're actually a few days away from uh, the gameplay uh, being revealed at one of the conventions, um, but they, you know, they showed the trailer with some of the story uh, that we'll be getting. Uh, it looks very good. Um, but anyway, back to the Inquisitor. Uh, they didn't say this, um, and they didn't reveal any 
who's who's doing the voice. But the big speculation is that it is spoiler if you haven't finished Clone Wars, Barris Afi, who became disillusioned with the Jedi and left the Order around the same time as Ahsoka. Um, and she was uh, voiced by Meredith Salinger. So they did not announce any of that, which could be, you know, they're, they're saving that for the twist of the game and revealing who that Inquisitor is. I mean, you got to think it's Barris, but we'll see. Um, I'd be very excited if it was. If not, I'm sure we'll be happy with, you know, what happens. Um, you know, there has been talk about, like, well, why didn't they just make this game about Kanan? Um, well, Kanan totally went, if you've read The Last Padawan, that comic book series that came out when Rebels was on the air, they put a lot of, uh, Kanan, who was born Caleb Doom, and, you know, he put a lot of effort into hiding and not revealing that he was a Jedi, um, you know, he didn't even really know about the Inquisitors until they encountered them in Rebels. So, you know, he changed his name and, you know, kept his lightsaber in different pieces so that he wouldn't be identified. Um, you know, that's, uh, if you've read A New Dawn, um, you know, it's a lot of focus there. So, Kanan doesn't really fit the game, uh, as much as I would love to see more of that character. I mean, this hero of this game is going to be, uh, his name's Cal. Uh, he's going to be out uh, fighting against these purge troopers and the Inquisitor. So, I mean, he's going to be visible, which Kanan was not. So, I mean, th- that's the difference there, and we, we get to see a, yet another story in this era um, right after Order 66. So, I'm excited about it. I can't wait to play it. It comes out November 16th, I believe, which is just a few days after the release of Disney+. Plus. So, um, I, yeah, my podcast and commentaries in that time period are going to be crazy. And November 12th, we get the first episode or two, maybe, of The Mandalorian. We'll be on maybe episode five of Resistance from season two, and then I get to start playing Fallen Order. Uh, yeah, it's going to be crazy. November is going to be insane. Um, not to mention publishing uh, releases. So, yeah, there will be a lot to uh, digest coming up. But I can't wait to play the game. Uh, getting back to publishing, yes, there was um, uh, news revealed there and teased and uh, news post uh, celebration that we've got. Um, there's a lot of tie-ins to Galaxy's Edge, which they've already started that with... Um, well, there, there's been... Uh, mentions of it in other materials, uh, Thrawn Alliances by Timothy Zahn last year. Uh, they uh, went to Batuu in two different time periods. Uh, the excellent book, Pirate's Price by Lou Anders, uh, is, t- is based on Batuu and is told by Hondo Anaka, who will be such a major player on uh, at the park. And I haven't even mentioned uh, we, uh, that was another panel they did where they talked about uh, Galaxy's Edge. Um, yeah, I can kind of tie that in right here. Uh, but uh, the uh, they've also started with a comic book series, um, 
about Doc Ondar, who is uh, an Athorian dealer who you'll encounter at, Gally, um, at Black's Fire uh, when you go to Disney. Um, like an antiquities dealer, and the comic series is about people finding things for him. Uh, the first issue, uh, which came out, was about uh, Han going on a mission for him. Uh, the second edition, the second issue comes out tomorrow, as of the time I'm recording this. Uh, I'm looking forward to reading that. Uh, it's been a good series so far; very colorful. Uh, you know, all these all these things are just teasing. I, I want to go so bad. I, I don't know when that's going to be for sure. Um, there's a chance I'm going to go later this year, but I, I, that's not for sure, uh, just because it's going to be so busy that first little while. Uh, but there will be other books coming out this um, this year, Crash of Fate, uh, Black Spire by Delilah Dawson, which is uh, like an honorary sequel to Phasma, which I'm very excited about, uh, by Marathi, who I've raved about as a character is, uh, in that book. Also... Okay, to tie it in, um, they did have the panel about Galaxy's Edge, about uh, you know the two rides, the Smuggler's Run, about Rise of the Resistance, uh, which the Smuggler's Run is when Hondo hires you to fly the Falcon on a mission, and uh, you know a lot of different things can happen. Uh, it's not just a static game; your choices kind of dictate where you go and, and whether or not you get praised by Hondo at the end, and it's a fully animatronic Hondo Anaka, and it looks freaking awesome. Uh, cannot wait to see that for real at some point. Um, but they, they talked about that, and then the Rise of the Resistance, which will have guest appearances by uh, Oscar Isaac, Daisy Ridley, Adam Driver, John Boyega. I'm not sure where she's going to fit in, but I, we, we saw a video of a live-action Vibrati. Not sure who she's played by, but uh, hopefully she's on video screens at the park. That would be insanely good. Um, yeah, so, you know, some original book character. Um, yeah, there's going to be all, all those ships uh, are going to be on display there as if they're docked. Um, I mean, just the pictures. There's and now that it's complete, at least at Disneyland, we're getting the pictures from the park as for commercials. And I saw one. Of, Disney Channel the other night, and I just went into tears because it looks so beautiful that they, there's a Star Wars planet on Earth now for us to go visit uh, very soon. I'm, I'm happy for the people who are going to be doing it very soon. Um, I mean, I just hope everybody gets a chance to do it at some point. Um, that's not even, we haven't even talked about the hotel they're going to do, but there's not a lot of details on it because the park's about to open. Um, and then, uh, you know, all the shops where you can buy the foods and um, uh, the, all the drinks that, you know, have been talked about in literature. And, uh, uh, like Bellerin fruit like, that was on Rebels. Uh, you can, uh, we just found out the prices on these. Uh, you can buy, a, like, a full-size droid for your kid for 100 bucks. You can make your own lightsaber, like, really awesome hill for 200 bucks. Uh, it's kind of pricey, but I'd love to. And then... Um, also, the uh, Coke products, I, I think this is brilliant. They found a way to incorporate, you know, because everybody's going to want to get a Coke or a water while they're there, but they have made the emphasis that once you're on Batu, you know, once you're in the Galaxy's Edge part of the park, it is not Disney. I mean, they're not going to have Disney bags. You know, you're going to have special, you know, bags and packages to carry out your purchases. You know, they're trying to make this as real as possible. So they're going to have soda or pop, depending 
from where you're from. Um, they're going to have Coke and Diet Coke and Sprite and Dasani, but they are in on like Batuan packaging and little bottles with Arabesh writing on it, and uh, I cannot wait to. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna buy them all and keep them on my shelf whenever I get to do this. Um, I mean, just all the little details they're putting into this are so awesome. Uh, so I'm excited about that. Uh, so yeah, lots of Galaxy's Edge tie-in. They also uh, announced the Journey to the Rise of Skywalker, which we knew had to be coming. Uh, as far as the uh, the lead-in books, they've done it for the past two episodes. And they, they did mention, I think it was either Leland Chi or Matt Martin on Twitter said that the Galaxy's Edge and the Rise of Skywalker literature are going to kind of meld and tell that story. Um, um, even even though they said, you know, time passes before we start the Rise of Skywalker from The Last Jedi, you know, the speculation is it's about a year, but we'll find out for sure. But uh, Galaxy's Edge and the Rise of Skywalker will have similar threads, uh, which is cool. Um, you know, I didn't even uh, make a list of all the Rise of Skywalker books. There's going to be a novel, uh, young reader novels, um, more of the quick read tie-ins like they did for Force Awakens, which I really enjoyed. And, and they did uh, One for Last Jedi. Uh, there's comic books. There's uh, the, more of the Choose Your Own Adventure, which are awesome. Little Han loves those. Um, Choose Your Destiny is what they call it for the Star Wars so yeah, uh, that's going to be sprinkled out in the fall. Uh, and of course, some, you know, like the art of the Rise of Skywalker and all that stuff will come out on release date so they don't spoil anything. So yeah, it's like Galaxy's Edge going into the summer and then get the Rise of Skywalker in the fall. So there's no shortage of literature. Uh, we're getting Thrawn Treason in, uh, that should be July. Cannot wait for that. It it has Krennic. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, should be like you know Thrawn's last adventure before he goes and gets taken by Ezra. And uh, Eli Banto is back. Uh, a lovely character from the, the first Thrawn book of the new canon. So much great stuff. Um, okay, then we move on to Alphabet Squadron which is a book I'm, I'm so excited about. I'm going to review it when I, uh, I've already pre-ordered it. It comes out next in June. Um, it ties into a current comic book series called TIE Fighter, which is about an elite um, TIE Fighter group called Shadow Squadron. Um, so we're a couple issues into that. I'll say talk about that until it's finished. And then Alphabet Squadron is uh, like... One X-Wing pilot, one Y-Wing pilot, U-Wing, B-Wing, A-Wing, who come together um, after the Battle of Endor to you know, hunt down the, uh, what's remaining of the Empire. I would imagine the characters from TIE Fighter are in that. That's why they're tying it all together. Now, Alphabet Squadron turns out it's a trilogy of books, but once I uh, listened to the first book and read TIE Fighter, I'm going to do, you know, do a review and talk about like why that's important. Yeah, it's just more post-indoor stuff, which I'm really digging. Um, I think that's it as far as 
fully announced uh, literature that, I mean, that's going to get us through the end of the year. Lots of stuff to digest. Um, kind of in a lull right now. I'm actually re-listening to Rogue One because it is written by Alexander Freed, who's also writing Alphabet Squadron. You know, to kind of get a feel for his tone again. The, the Alphabet Squadron book one is being read by Saskia Marleveld, who I always love her work when she reads uh, for female characters. Uh, so looking forward to that. And then I talked about it on when I, when I mentioned uh, Master and Apprentice and Dooku Jedi Lost. Uh, the big 2020 literature push is something called Project Luminous, which we still don't know a lot about. That is yet to come. All we know is that you know, it's luminous. Obviously, referring to Yoda's line about luminous beings are weak. It involves the Jedi symbol, the Jedi logo. So it's got to be something about the Jedi. Now, um, I'm trying to remember all the people off the top of my head. Uh, the five collaborators are Kevin Scott, Daniel Jose Older, Claudia Gray. Charles Sewell and Justina Ireland. Um, I have, they have all already done some sort of new canon Star Wars. They have more to do. I love all of them. They're awesome. I love their work. So excited about whatever this project is. My guess is that, and this is going to tie into something I'm going to talk about, like state of the Star Wars movies. So, as I mentioned on my Master and Apprentice Jedi Dooku Lost, Dooku Jedi Lost uh, review, Kevin and Claudia are, have already collaborated a little bit, and you know, they're looking at the Jedi before the Phantom Menace, and referring back, and not really a spoiler for those books if you haven't read them, but referring back to like the Jedi mystics who created the prophecies, and... Sith, um, like the effort of collecting the artifacts so they don't fall into the wrong hands and hiding those away. They're teasing the old Republic Jedi in a way, you know, referring to the way things used to be and, uh, when they were fighting the Sith and who some of the Darths were. I think what they're doing is teasing the next wave of Star Wars storytelling. We're about to wrap up the Skywalker saga, as, as well known. I think they're doing that to now go back in time and do the new canon version of the Old Republic. And I think that's what the next movie, After the Rise of Skywalker, is. This is total speculation on my part. We have not had any confirmation of this. I'm, I will talk more about it in a minute. But I think that we're getting to that era, and that's where we're going to go now. And where we only know the broad strokes about the Jedi versus the Sith, Jedi versus the Mandalorians, because there's so much they can do with it that's new. And they can also, I mean, there's hundreds, thousands of years of history where they can skip around and do you know, a lot of sandbox work to do in it. So I think. Project Luminous has to do with that. Like it's maybe it's just about a hundred years before the Phantom Menace. Maybe it's a thousand years, uh, but it's going to be about the older way of Jedi. 
and then they're each going to have their own thing to contribute to that. Maybe in different eras. Maybe, maybe they each get, you know, a couple hundred years to work with. Um, but I think that's where it's going. I think it's going to the past. Um, so very excited to see. I mean, you know, they kept saying, well, it's in 2020, so you know, I'm guessing by the time we get to the la- uh, to the Rise of Skywalker, that we'll know more of it, like in detail, what it's about, so they can have time to do the publishing uh, uh, releases. Uh, that's pretty much it for the publishing. It's, it's a lot. It's going to be plenty to talk about. Um, no, you know, obviously our, my focus is on Resistance here and The Mandalorian, uh, which I'll be reviewing when this comes out. We did not get any mention of tie-ins to those. Um, we may get Resistance characters show up in some of the, the Rise of Skywalker tie-in books, but they didn't say anything about that. Um, but, you know, that's, that's what I want. I want to see, you know, find out about Yeager and Doza when they were younger. I would love for them to show up in Alphabet Squad or stuff like that. We just haven't been told that yet, but I hope that's where we go and then you know, they show up in other stuff. Maybe maybe they're just waiting for The Rise of Skywalker to end and they can do that. And then for the first season of Mandalorian uh, to finish. Um, you see, they have... So I talked on my Disney Plus wrap-up know about the Mandalorian, we know about the Cassian Andor series, the K2 is going to be on it. Um, Bob Iger did say there will be a third series that will be on Disney Plus before another, the next movie comes out in 2022. Uh, the heavy, uh, this is, you know, I don't usually get into rumor, but the heavy rumor is that it's about Obi-Wan that instead of doing a movie or a trilogy of movies, that Ewan McGregor will do like a six episode uh, third series, and that will be about Obi-Wan and his solitude and what he gets into. Uh, I'm totally for that, if that's where we go. I mean, I would love to see uh, the Dr. Aphra series, maybe pre New Hope, um, like a Ray Sloan series. I mean, there's so many ways you could go with that. I think it's going to be, they're going to get that Kenobi story told. Um, I mean, I would love it Hopefully, it's a we get a Crimson Dawn series and we find out what happened with Kira and Maul. Um, and that story needs to be told. You know, I, I don't know how likely it is we're going to solo two, but we need to tell that story in live action. Um, yeah, maybe Clark's not working right now. She's got time. Um, and speaking of Amelia Clark, they did confirm. Well, okay, they they announced that the next three Star Wars movies. Christmas 2022, 24, and 26. They did say that the next movie, the 2022 movie, will be one of the ones that is being written and produced by Benny Hoffenweiss from Game of Thrones. Uh, so Ryan Johnson's trilogy is still out there to be worked on. Um, and I think it was buried in that one article, I think in the Hollywood Reporter, that Iger did say that there are six movies in development right now. So, three by Benny Hoffman Weiss, three by Brian Johnson, I would assume. Uh, but all we know for sure is that they are working on the first one to be released after the Rise of Skywalker. Uh, 
uh, and I do have to address people's concern with them. Um, okay, um, before I start, and I read and I went back to the original article on StarWars.com when they were hired. They are not directing these movies. They're producing and writing them. Um, so there is still time for a for basically a diverse director sl- uh, slate. Um, something that they, uh, Lucasfilm needs to work on. They are making progress. Uh, if you have seen the director list, and I've talked about it, for The Mandalorian, Taika Waititi, Bryce Dallas Howard, uh, other names who escape me, but it is women and uh, people of color and people of different nationalities who are directing that series. Hopefully they will be moving into that arena with the movies. Though it is being written and produced by Benioff and Weiss, if we get a female director or a director of color for whatever this movie is, uh, that would be great. Um, I understand people's concern about them because of how Game of Thrones turned out. That look, they're two white dudes. I'm a white dude. I, I am. But I understand the concern. Once they were off the map of Martin's books, you know, I understand the pacing concerns and how women were underplayed and kind of the the white men were in control. Those are fair criticisms, and I empathize with those. Um, What gets me, and I hope that they have learned from as they're working on Star Wars. What gives me hope is the fact we've already seen, especially with the two standalone movies, that even if things get out of control, that Lucasfilm can make a course correction. Whether it's hiring new people to work on the movie or asserting restrictions. Rogue One and Solo, both in my opinion, turned out to be excellent. Rogue One is my favorite Star Wars movie. But they had major production problems to the point where the directors were replaced. So it is not beyond Lucasfilm to do something about it if they sense a problem. I mean, look, The Rise of Skywalker was going to be directed by Colin Trevorrow. It is not going to be. He never even started after writing it. They're willing to make course corrections if there's a problem. So I have faith in them to rein in Benioff and Weiss if there's a problem. If there is not a enough representation, if the story goes to a narrow, I'll say a misogynistic route, I hope, I, I hope they will cut that off and it will be done better. Um, so I, I'm still excited about them doing it. I just hope they know their place or know their restrictions. I 
I, personally, I loved Game of Thrones. I liked how it ended. I know a lot of people don't. I mean, that just happened. I, I, I'm cool with the ending. Um, as long as they have an, uh, enough diverse collaborators on, that, on their Star Wars project, I think they can pull off an amazing thing, especially if they indeed do Old Republic. Because Game of Thrones, cinema, from a cinema... Bleh, from cinematography standpoint, Game of Thrones is excellent. It looks amazing. If they can do that with a Star Wars movie, it could be one of the most visually dynamic things we've ever seen. And yes, they're right. Hopefully, people understand their criticisms and give us a great story that is fair to whatever type of character is in it. I know there's a variety of characters. I think I've said that well enough. Um, I'm excited about them doing it. I just hope they know, hope they understand what the expectations are. As far as improving over the issues uh, that people fairly had about Game of Thrones. All right, um, that's enough about that. Okay, so there are, uh, you know, we're getting, you know, everybody's like, oh, we're getting a three-year break uh, between the movies. Actually, if you think about it, they have to get this movie in production basically this time next year for a 2022 fall release, winter release, uh, because of the post-production so even though you know it's three years between releases, it's not going to feel that way because of all the work that has to be done, and the fact we're going to be bombarded with TV series. You know, if, if listening to Bob Iger, we're going to have three live-action series and two animated series, potentially three, if they do a the search for Ezra. I mean, we're we're not going to be denied Star Wars programming before that movie comes out. So that's something that's very exciting. I think that's about it. I mean, I talked about, you know, we're getting the movies. Um, they're going to be staggered down. Uh, you know, you got to remember, you know, Disney owns Fox now, so they're kind of staggering it with the Avatar movies. I don't know if they'll ever go back and try a May release again. I liked having this Solo in the, in the summer. It was a nice popcorn flick to take Little Han to. You know, it kicked off our summer last year. The problem was the marketing, because, you know, they did not want to step on Last Jedi, and they waited way too long to really push so long. You know, if they could do it in, like, if, I don't know, if they squeezed out, like, a minor project in May of 21, you know, that could, that could work. I, I doubt they will. But, um, so, yeah, that's all we know. There's three release dates confirmed. Um, there will be other Star Wars movies plugged in. Disney Plus is just going to be a wealth of amazing, amazing original Star Wars programming over the next three years. I cannot wait. It is an exciting... Look, we're in the golden age. I mean, we are... It's really hard to think about Like, comprehend that... And I keep thinking back on it. When I was in the theater in 2005, and Baru and Owen 
We're holding baby Luke. Looking at the sunset. I mean, you thought that was it. You know, we had a great ride. George got to do his six episodes. We'll always love it, but that's it for Star Wars. And yes, he did the Clone Wars series. But, I mean, what happened after that? And I'll go back to it. October 30th, 2012. Should be, that should be Star Wars Day. Because that's the day we got it back. And, I mean, we've got so much we've got. The books, and the comics, and the toys, and the shows, and the movies. I mean, there's no shortage. I mean, I'm not going to have, I mean, yeah, we're kind of in the off-season of the TV shows right now, but I'm never going to have a shortage of stuff to talk about on the show. It just keeps up, and I love it. This is truly a golden age. Um, and, and it's fair for people to have problems with the direction of certain projects. I, I just... I have faith that that will get rectified when appropriate. Um, so I, I think I'm done rambling and you know, being on my soapbox. Uh, I hope I hope that made sense. I hope I got you excited about something. Uh, I mean, obviously, if you're a Star Wars fan, you're listening to this. You love Star Wars, and there's gonna be something for you. Uh, I hope I've got you. Maybe something you weren't thinking. Oh well, I don't know about this, but you know, hopefully, something I mentioned today really sparked uh, that you wanted. Get in and check that out too. Uh, but that's enough for my hyperspace transmission. I'm about home. This has been a long drive. Um, but anyway, um, check out, I'm on social media, of course uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Radio Dakar, R A D I O D Q A R. Uh, all these uh, Radio Dakar episodes are archived on multiple podcast platforms. Uh, if you go to anchor.fm, you can link to just about any of them. Uh, still on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Overcast, whichever ones you use. Um, pretty much there. Uh, so I hope you, hope you enjoyed my uh, State of Star Wars address, so to say. Uh, I'll be back with uh, plenty of review episodes and things to get us through the summer until we get uh, to what should be a crazy fall. Uh, Until next time, uh, thank you for listening, and may the Force be with you.